Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. of the day to you. You're listening to Talk with Audrey. I'm your host, Audrey Adams. And each week, I have conversations with guest experts and authors, entrepreneurs from the fashion, cosmetic, health, fitness, entertainment, and financial industries, all to inform, inspire, empower, and motivate you to be the very best you can be. Now, my guest this week is the principal of a management consulting firm, a member of the faculty of Columbia University's School of International and Public Affairs, a practicing lawyer. He's also been an investment banker, professional actor, manager of a venture capital company, feature writer for Essence and Turning Point magazines, and I have to mention that he's been the president of the State of New York Mortgage Agency, the commissioner of the New York City Department of Business Services, a speechwriter for members of Congress, big city mayors and leading businessmen, and now he adds author to his rather impressive credentials. He's Wallace Ford, and he's with me in our studios to talk about his first novel called The Pride. Welcome to Talk with Audrey. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, The Pride, long time coming. Yes, uh, the yes and no. Uh, I actually started writing uh, the Pride in um, 1996, which sounds like a long time ago. But I really wasn't writing every day, or you know, committing myself to uh, writing it every day. And about mm-hmm. oh gosh, about 50, 60 pages into it, my agent, uh, for whom I always will be grateful for her support and all this, Marie Brown, mm-hmm. uh, was kind enough to take me to a book party uh, celebrating somebody's book being published, and uh, whose name I cannot recall. But I did there meet Walter Mosley mm-hmm. and um, Walter what most people don't know is that um, and I had a chance to talk with him he was very gracious uh, you'd be talking to someone who wasn't even a first time author at that point didn't have a hundred pages to my credit mm. and uh, we just, we, I was telling him I was trying to write a novel and he said and he, he told me um, and what most people don't know is that before he became Walter Mosley yes. uh, he worked in the post office and he used to get up at um, 4 o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. write for two hours before going to work. Right. And what he told me is that if you're really serious about um, becoming an author, then you're going to have to write every day. And um, I've, I've learned that I'm more of a binge writer than an everyday writer. I'll go a few days and then write a chapter, uh, a couple of chapters at a time. But it, it did resonate with me that I had to commit to being a writer as much as I had committed to the other things I've done in life, work mm-hmm. as a lawyer or, as you mentioned, a college professor or consultant or a government official. If you're going to be a writer, then you have to sit down and take it seriously. So I started doing so. And then my son was born. Uh, in 97, and that was a certain, a certain amount of inspiration <laughs> there, certainly. Mm-hmm. And um, it took me until about 2000. So if I took about two and a half solid years of uh, 
working on it on a regular basis. During right. that time, I was working as an attorney doing a lot of international business work in South Africa. Hmm. The import of that is that it's about a 15-hour flight from New York to Johannesburg. So you had way. plenty of time. I had my laptop, and I was uh, did a lot of writing on flights from New York to Johannesburg, or Johannesburg to Nairobi, or Paris to New York, and so on. And uh, that, that that certainly helped uh, the process along. Uh, then we had to then I had to do two rewrites of this five hundred plus page manuscript to right. satisfy my agent Marie. <laughs> and then after all of that, uh, the uh, the manuscript was ready to go out, and Marie put several of them in packages and sent them out to publishers on September tenth, two thousand one. Of oh, course, okay. now we know the next day the whole world changed. It, it did was indeed. Now known as nine eleven. Uh, publishers basically shut down for most of a good part of another six to 12 months in mm-hmm. terms of taking new manuscripts. So, so that set our process behind. And it wasn't until, I guess, 2003 that we finally had we got a publisher at Kensington. And then um, it just took until November 2005 when the book was finally um, released. Uh, so, you know, you learn a lot of patience. You learn mm-hmm. that there's a long, long, long timeline. But I signed a two-book deal with Kensington. I'm already... All right, so we uh, know that there's another one coming. There, there's a sequel Wonderful. coming. My editor, my editor just emailed me the other day. Wonderful. Saying, where's the sequel? Where's the sequel? So somebody wants, wants to see that. I also own the um, the dramatic rights, the movie and TV oh. rights to the book. And Being so, the good attorney that you are. Well, yeah. You know, and, uh, we, we say, <laughs> it's nice it, to be able yeah, to yeah, uh, yeah, look out take for yourself, yourself on occasion. Yeah. And, and so... Um, uh, we are in discussions as we speak right now with a major, you know, a television producer whose name you would know uh, mm-hmm. about um, turning the Pride into a TV series. And oh, so, wonderful! Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're we hope that it, you know, uh, certainly during this calendar year 2006, we may see some progress on that front. But the most important thing is that it's a book, and it's yes. a, it's it's a book that most people have um, seem to have enjoyed. I've I've been privileged to promote the book in, um, oh gosh, in Los Angeles, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., of course, here in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, during this coming year, we'll be in places like Baltimore and Chicago and Detroit and back out on the coast. And, uh, um, and, 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 and but you know, frankly, um, the opportunity to be on your show is, is, uh, is aside from being a, a pleasure, it's also really uh, means a lot uh, in terms of getting people to learn about the book because I can go to bookstores, mm-hmm. you know, till I'm blue in the face and X number of people will come into a bookstore. And I mean, I'm, I'm an avid reader myself. I'm, you know, I may read somewhere between 30 and 50 books a year. Uh, and, um, but I've, I've never gone to a bookstore. Uh, to see an author, you know? so I mean, that's you just, will from now on, though, won't you? Well, I'll certainly go see. When you understand all that's involved yeah, um, yeah, but, in but, the marketing well, of well, a book, yeah, afterwards, I mean, it'd be nice if somebody came to a bookstore to see me. But if they would just like to buy two books with us, yes, me, that's fine. And, and as I tell everybody, I will autograph the first twenty books that anybody buys. And, uh, <laughs> after that, my agent requires spoken me to like a true marketer. <laughs> we have to but, we'll, but the first yeah. twenty, we will autograph for free. And for those who. Uh, you know, we all f- go through life, and um, you know, a few people who may dislike you. And I tell mm-hmm. those people who really don't like me, they should buy like twenty books and burn them. Right, buy another twenty and burn them also, because that'll really make me feel bad. <laughs> the message here is buy the book. Oh, yeah, uh, buy the here. book. Right. Yeah, my son needs shoes, and uh, you know. Well, tell us about the pride. Well, the pride. 
Uh, but, you know, I've learned, um, Audrey, the, uh, you know, the 30-second elevator pitch when you're talking to somebody. Oh, have you? And, okay. Uh, All right. So uh, what we say is you remember the TV show Dallas. Of course, you don't. But oh, perhaps, yeah, of, you might, well, maybe before vaguely. Time, vaguely. I saw reruns. Reruns. There you go. Right? CDs. Yeah. <laughs> so the TV show, think Dallas, but it takes place in New York. Mm-hmm. And instead of oil, the oil industry being the primary focus, it's investment banking, politics, and finance. Right. Instead of most of the characters being white, they're African-American. And after that, it's a story. We've got good mm-hmm. guys. We've got bad guys we've got uh, the story the book itself follows um four main characters um we've got a gentleman by the name of paul taylor paul is a lawyer uh his who's single lives um you know lives lives actually uh, in harlem uh, mm-hmm. and uh lives a good life he's he's involved with uh, uh entertainment law and finance he travels around the country literally around the world doing he's a very bright very sharp guy um and uh he is um he is uh, single, as I said, but he had been married. He was had been married uh, to this woman um, uh, named Deirdre and Deirdre Douglas. And Deirdre uh, is um, is an investment banker mm-hmm. in her own right, and uh, uh, had been working for Citibank for a number of years, and uh, wound up um, through a series of circumstances, which you'll read about in the book, um, being the head of her own firm yes. and uh, doing asset management work. And she's just very bright, very sharp. Even though there are and empowered, oh, they're very, very empowered. And, then and, there's. Knitra. Well, well. But, but <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm jumping in. Yeah, I'm right, sorry. Right, right. Well, uh, I enjoyed Deirdre, the book. Well, Deirdre, I did. Uh, and thank you, Deirdre and Paul. Even though they are ex-spouses, mm-hmm. actually have found a way uh, to, after their relationship had crashed, burned, and died, to now actually be friends and mm-hmm. colleagues. Uh, yeah, more than just civil. Um, you know, certainly less than romantic, but they, mm-hmm. uh, but they found a way to get along in a, in a fairly decent way. Um, uh, then there is. Um, uh, Gordon Perkins, and Gordon is um, probably one of the worst people ever to show up on the pages <laughs> of literature. He's just a very, very. Bad it was man. real close. Uh, but, but, but very he's, close. But he is, he is brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's extremely smart. He's extremely aggressive, uh, and and he's uh, extremely successful as an investment banker. He's probably considered by many to be the most successful black investment banker in America, in American mm-hmm. history. Um, he's also just a lousy, lousy person. Uh, he's the kind <laughs> of guy that uh, when he was working um, for an investment banking firm and asked where he could be, be a partner, uh, mm-hmm. his white supervisor told him he'd never be a partner. So he quit that day, borrowed mm-hmm. money from his wife, uh, his father, to start his own firm. Mm-hmm. When his firm became successful, he hired his former boss, uh, had him go, sent him out on a, a job in someplace outside of Cincinnati, and then fired him and pulled all right. his credit cards so he'd have to walk home. And then, uh, <laughs> nice you know, guy. And then gave his wife a check for the two hundred fifty thousand dollars that he had borrowed mm-hmm. uh, from her father and the divorce papers. And that was the end of her story. Great guy. Yeah. You know, so yes. Yeah, so that was um, sounds familiar yeah, too. Yeah. Well, well, that that I wouldn't know about. But he's uh, no. Uh, all, sounds all, like Wall Street. Well, well no. It, 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 he's, it, this is all fiction. I'm, I hasten to add. But uh, he is now married now, to a woman by the name of Kenitra Perkins. And yes. Kenitra is, is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> He's one of the top fashion models in the world. And, also, and for reasons that um, kind of become clear in the book, she decides uh, to marry Gordon. Gordon mm-hmm. wants to marry her because she's just one of those ultimate trophies. Yes. But um, you know, she, you know, her reasons are not as clear. And, we're doing, and they may become clearer in the sequel, actually. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in any event, um, he is extremely abusive in his relationship with her. And every emotional emotionally, physically, psychically is just it's 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 really pretty bad. He, and, he left he left nothing to chance well, when I, it came to abuse. It was Well, you know, I, I don't know where this character pretty came interesting from. character. 
character. Yeah. Always, I don't know where it came from. I don't know anybody like that. It's certainly not my own personal behavior. And uh, I'm hoping to sell enough copies of the book that I can afford a therapist. And I can sit down <laughs> well, you have a of, very rich yeah, imagination. Right, right, where does this guy come from? Because he's, he comes from a very dark place, obviously. And uh, Well, now, you were an investment banker. Yes, I was And this an book banker. is about, um, as it reminded me, really, of Wall Street and the, yeah. pi- the African-American pioneers of mm-hmm. Wall Street yeah. in the late 70s through mm-hmm. the 80s. Right. This book takes place in the early, mid-90s. Uh, but it is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's people who are out there um, uh, make, trying to make a difference in a very interesting world of corporate finance, mm-hmm. uh, which have on Wall, so-called Wall Street. But also, mm-hmm. you know, Wall Street isn't just on right. Wall Street it anymore. Isn't. Wall Street is in Atlanta. Wall Street is in Detroit. Wall Street is in L.A. It's, it's the world of finance. It's right. the world of business. Right. It's the world of making money with money. It's mm-hmm. the world of making business. Making uh, you know, profits from different business uh, ventures, um, and in the process, um, uh, we we have a, a a fourth person in in this in this little uh, story, um, Jerome Hardaway. And Jerome is got to be just one of the great nice guys of all time. And so nice. He's kind of a counterpoint to, to Gordon. Although Jerome has some background that you'll find in the book, which which says that he wasn't always the nicest guy in the world. But he uh, found a way to uh, go to Yale and to go to Columbia Business School and start his own firm. And he is all, if Gordon is the most successful black investment banker in, in America, then Jerome is like right on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. But, but his, his mode is very different. Uh, he's a good family man. He, he looks after his, his wife and kids. And he's, he's just a great, great guy. But mm-hmm. he has, um, you know, sometimes people mistake niceness for weakness. Right. And uh, there's nothing weak about uh, Jerome at all, as we find through the book. And uh, after that, um, so as we establish those characters, they, we set up this story about um, a transaction, a deal mm-hmm. that uh, Paul proposes, which involves these various disparate characters who have their very strong, strong personalities, right. which you have to be to be successful and to be heading up your own business operations. Uh, uh, between them, um, Jerome and Deirdre and Gordon employ hundreds, if not thousands of people around the country and around the world, and to get them to work together on a project, on a particular right. deal, a particular project. And um, that that is the, the that that's the one constant theme as we follow the, this group working on this project. But in the process, we get to introduce uh, the readers to all aspects, uh, a lot of aspects of how different people live, where people come from. Um, we uh, um, ha- have a, a story at one point about um, a gentleman who was uh, the first advisor to, um, uh, his, his name is um, Morrow, as a matter of fact, uh, and, and uh, he was the first black presidential advisor mm. no one seems to he seems to have gotten lost in the pages of history but he was an advisor to um dwight eisenhower mm-hmm. in the 50s and why this is important is because as we sit here and as these characters sit in the book and they're looking at the progress that uh, african americans have made in business and in politics and people you'll say people forget some some time that they're that, that yeah, that none that of there us, were other people that, who that paved somebody, the way. Somebody had to, somebody had, to, had, had, to, had to take a step before you could take your step. Right. And uh, people forget that. People kind of think that uh, you know that they're just successful because they're so brilliant, and uh, because you know there's I don't you hear people say well, I don't know about prejudice, I don't know about discrimination. It's all about being successful. And you know <laughs> it, it's it's unfortunately in these United States of America there, there's still that specter of racism. There's still a specter of racial um, perspective right. that that comes into some 
many dealings that, that we in, in, in deal with. And there's, if there's less of it today, it's because people like uh, Mr. Morrow, who, um, again, was an advisor to to uh, Dwight Eisenhower in the okay. 50s. He had been working for the Urban League, and, they, and, and oh. this is when being a presidential advisor in the 50s, the White House staff was only a couple hundred people. Now the White House staff is several thousand people, and all yes. kinds of people say they work in the White House. He really worked in the White House. He really worked with... Right uh, next to Eisenhower. Yeah, and, and, helped, and helped the president through the Little Rock crisis mm-hmm. when uh, we were talking about school integration and dealing with other issues uh, when, this, when civil rights wasn't on the front burner of, of American uh, domestic uh, policy. In any event, the point about Mr. Morrow is that when he left, um, and this is a true story, I actually got it from his obituary in the New York Times, which mm. is how I incorporated it into the book. When he left um, uh, the White House at the end of the Eisenhower administration, could not get a job. Could, the man could not get a job. I mean, here he was, he, you know, he had all this experience. He was, I guess, by that time in his 40s, early 50s, and worked as, we're going to say, as a presidential advisor. Mm-hmm. Could not find a job. Ultimately, and the president couldn't get him a job? Ultimately, one of the president's people helped him get a job as an assistant vice president with Bank of America in California, an AVP, which is, yeah, not to that would never, a job, well, but, but that was, that, that was the, I mean. That- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And it was probably a great job, but no, now it would be... It, it, it was a junior-level job. It was, mm. so, it, was, it was far below... His, uh, you know, his, his capabilities, his, his, his stature. His capability, his stature, yes. absolutely. But that's what he had to deal with, and he right. dealt with it. And, and whereas and, other people might go on from aiding the president to uh, great wealth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just look around. You right. Just look around. Mm-hmm. You, you see, you yes. see where people wind up. Uh, you know, um, you know so, uh, the, yeah, the, the point is that uh, what we tried to, to ind- indicate the story is that there's a lot of underlying themes yes. to where the success that you see when you see successful African Americans in business and in law and politics and finance yeah it's great and and, um, and and people should take note of that and, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things we try and get across in the book is that there are successful African Americans who don't sing who don't dance, who don't play basketball or football or baseball. But not to knock people who do any of those things, but we have to make make sure, particularly young people, understand that there's a much that larger there are options. There's a yes, lot more indeed. going on out there and a lot more ways that people can be successful other than by singing and dancing and playing ball, which which kind of which unfortunately um, roll right into, you know, a lot of the stereotypes that uh, um, Eldridge Cleaver used to call the super masculine menial, and mm. just kind of yeah, that way you can play ball, you, know, you mm-hmm. can sing, you can dance, but you certainly can't figure numbers, or you certainly can't run a government, or you certainly can't run a business. And mm-hmm. we're seeing that change over time. But we want to make sure that people understand that. Yeah, you know, hopefully the book will help out, mm-hmm. make, make make it clear that yes, uh, Ken Chenault, Dick Parsons, um, uh, people like that are. Are not anomalies. I mean, no, they, they are. They, 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 they're very great. They, they're, they're great 
business people. They're very smart. They're very bright. But they are far from being alone in the African American community. And and Dick and Ken, they, they would be the first ones to tell you that. Mm-hmm. that there's a lot of. They have uh, copies of the book. I take it. Uh, actually, Ken does have a copy. Of the book. Okay. I don't have to get one to Dick. Thank you. Have you. to get yeah. one to Dick Parsons. Yes, Absolutely. And of course, since it's not on a Time Warner Books uh, list, I don't know. Well, maybe, that's maybe okay. That doesn't mean that it can't be on his coffee not, table. He may not be allowed to read books that aren't from this Time Warner <laughs> library. But you know, that's a good point. I was mm-hmm. over to, but but yeah, now Ken has one. Ken and I are, are fellow um, graduates of Harvard Law mm-hmm. School, and so we talk from time to time. And yeah, yeah, I mean, they'd be the first to tell you that they're not alone. And, and yeah, and, and certainly success at that level is a lot about you know the, the cards fall in the right way. And and, mm-hmm. and so yes, you may be on the front page of. Fortune magazine, but there's a lot of people, as, as we're trying to say in the book, who are also successful. Yes. Who may not be on the front page of Time magazine, but certainly offer career options and objectives that are very achievable. Yes. By a lot and of quietly making money. And also making money. Making Indeed. a lot of money. Making a lot of money. Making a lot of money. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about the title, the, because the first thing that I did hmm. was. I went to the dictionary well, that's, I, I because tell my I had to, to look up well, right, it's, it's right because I said okay let me see where he's coming from okay. and I have to tell you you have everything in there mm-hmm. you have arrogance <laughs> oh, okay. well, yes, yes. but tell us um, what your thoughts were well you know it, it's one of those things uh, the the creative process and I, mm-hmm. I don't mean to get too um, blown up with respect to this whole issue but um, Writing this book has been an interesting experience because I um, I've been told over the years I've been, I've been writing uh, whether it's articles or poetry or columns and what have speeches for the years over the years and people say well when you do creative writing the characters take on a life of themselves yes I said, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but I swear that once you kind of establish who these characters are mm-hmm. I found I found myself almost channeling I would sit in front of the the, the keyboard mm. and I just would, would start typing and they'd start doing stuff and saying stuff and I'd go after, maybe I'd go back and edit it but they would just wind up doing things so um, I've broken just about every you know the people take courses to write novels and you know you know creative writing mm-hmm. I've broken every rule Good. I'm sure uh, in, in terms of, because they say you should come up with an outline you should you know, he, you know people people you know use thumbtacks and put all of these things <laughs> on the board about <laughs> the, the little stickies about each character. I didn't do anything. Right. I just sat down and wrote, yes. and the book kind of flowed. And um, obviously, you had to re-edit some of things. But it, but what you read, what that book that you pick up in the bookstore, yes, or order from Amazon.com or whatever, <laughs> the book that you 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 read is very close to the first book that was the first version of the book that oh. was written. I mean, it, you know, I mean, it was yeah. So so the the title, the pride. I have no idea where it came from. Now, of course, as, as you know, it refers to a pride of lions. Right, okay? but, but a pride of lions is typically uh, one to five females with their offspring and or, you can tell I went to the dictionary, hmm. it might also include up to six males. Well, no, well, t- well, but for I, the most I, part, it's one male, which I found interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well I mean, to be technical about it, typically it's one, you know, a, a, an absolute pride would be, yes. you know, one male and about uh, five or six females, and the females right. do all the work. And, yes. And the male and the guy sits just, around and waits, and, and, no, uh, yeah, well, goes out and hunts. Well, no, no, he doesn't need to. Actually, the line, the male line does very little hunting. Mm. He usually has sex about twenty-five times a day with the. Um, which is why he's pretty tired of doing it. <laughs> you know, and which that, is why he's prideful, I well, would well, imagine. Well, yeah, so, right. <laughs> he does a lot of roaring about that. But, but um, you know, I meant it more in the general, just a group of lions. And, right. And so lions and lionesses. And, um, 
and, and uh, you know, it, it's a zoological term, of course. Yes. I mean, I, you know, like a gaggle of geese. Yes. Or a flock of chickens. Yes, and, yes, and I thought yes. A gag, the gaggle just yes. didn't really have the kind of ring to it that I wanted. But <laughs> actually, another part of the definition was um, a feeling of superiority. Well, yes. Um, A haughty attitude shown by people who believe, often unjustifiably, that they're better than others. And that attitude was certainly prevalent in in, in the book. But but it's the... Well, my my interpretation, uh, the way that I'm using the pride is as a pride of lions, not the pride as my prime pride of this. Well, I just had to take it a step further. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I had to take it a step further because it, it takes a certain amount of uh, of the other parts of the definition of the word pride in mm-hmm. order to make it um, in America. Well, it has know, to I, be sort of a healthy mix of pride and, well, if, and if humility, you don't, If you don't if you believe will. in yourself, you're yes. going to have a hard way to go in mm-hmm. this world, and particularly in, in the very competitive worlds of business right. and finance. Right. And just in life. I mean, uh-huh. you, you know, um, and, and, and what happens, of course, is that in, in, in these United States, still, in many instances, if a uh, African-American man or woman uh, believes in themselves or believes themselves to be as good or better than a- everyone else, some- right. somebody's going to come along and say, well, you're being arrogant. You know? And, yes. and it's like, hey, uh, in, in somebody, uh, but is Donald Trump arrogant or is Donald Trump just very confident? And again, you have to be confident in this world. If you don't believe in yourself, it's real hard to get anybody else to believe in you. That's true. You know? And so um, you have to, you know, hopefully you can provide some justification for believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where, you know, um, you know, the, the kind of dedication to professionalism mm-hmm. and excellence, which you know, even with the good guys and the bad guys and women mm-hmm. in this uh, book, um, one of the underlying themes is that these people didn't just w- win a lotto ticket. These people went to school. They went to college. They went to graduate school. They worked hard at their right. jobs. They and do work actually, hard. And that's actually, that's what I liked about your book, mm-hmm. was that you gave us um, a real basis and reason for their success. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, and, 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 I, and it's one of the messages that we'd like to get across, that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, it, it, there's, there's a lot of hard-working people out here also. Yes. And that, um, you know, when you see somebody going by in their Mercedes or they're going by in their, their 75 foot boat or what have you yeah yeah you know there's a certain amount of good fortune that that had to come their way but there's also people people have worked very hard for it as they worked hard to go to school they worked hard in school they they worked hard when they got out of school they 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 work hard in their jobs and uh and there's another underlying theme about all of this is Mm -hmm. that there's a dedication to professionalism and excellence which um, which we wanted to try try to make sure that the readers understand is is another aspect of life in the African American community. Indeed, one of the things that we're going to be doing um, this calendar year, Audrey, um, yes. in two thousand, you have an event coming up. We're going to do so a series of what we're calling Pride Awards receptions. We're going to do mm-hmm. the first one in New York, hopefully towards the end of February. And uh, we'll we'll have more details on that uh, okay. for you. But uh, the idea would be that um, we're going to honor some uh, men and women in business, uh, in business in law and politics and finance, who have accomplished uh, a great deal through dedication uh, to uh, principles of professionalism and excellence. Mm-hmm. And we're going to call them the Pride Awards. Oh. And uh, and if people if people want to buy a book on the way, that's okay too. But yeah. um, or twenty uh, books or twenty books. And and and, and, and uh, but and, you know, so we're we're going to do that. And okay. um uh, and once. We do it in New York. We're hoping hoping that it'll be sufficiently successful, and that the sponsors that who will be corporate sponsors that will be working with us uh, will see fit that we'll do similar Pride Awards in places like Atlanta, and Los Angeles, and Chicago. Because the the reason the sponsors are going to get involved, frankly, is that uh, the same people who read 
uh, the book, and the same people who are featured in this book are the people who buy a lot of the kinds of upscale products that uh, we hope to, uh, our sponsors will be featuring. So uh, we will see if now if, if we can get Learjet involved here. We'll now, maybe. there you go. You'll have talk <laughs> we'll, we'll, about we'll have transportation. transportation. Exactly. We'll have that in place. So we'll see how that goes. Um, as a um, writer hmm. and as an African-American writer, what sorts of materials would you like to see and, and how would you like to contribute to this, the landscape of African-American literature, if you will? I hate to say African-American literature. I mean, I think that we should all read books regardless of what color we are and read yeah. everybody's books. Yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, Audrey, I mean, you know, um, a lot of, um, a number of white people have read my book mm -hmm. and have enjoyed it very much. I think my book is a story. It's a good story. I, try, I, I love good stories, and I try to write a good story, an mm -hmm. accessible story, one that you didn't have to break your brain to try to read it, but also one that was 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 um, uh, uh, entertaining in its use of the language. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so so that um, you know, there, there's seven different ways that you can say good morning, and we try to come up with at least four or five of them in, in during <laughs> the course of the book, and. Uh, and, and try to make it interesting. I, I think if, if you know what 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 we don't want is for the, you know as as a writer um, you know to wind up being you know categorized to say well okay well African American writers means X. I don't know what that means. I just said my, right. it's a story. I mean I, I, the, the next book that I write um, may may not you know you, there's, there's a good chance I have the sequel. To the pride will obviously have a lot of the same characters. Mm -hmm. The next book I do after that will may not have any African Americans in it, just to, just to make it real just to mix it up a yeah, little. Yeah, I, I mean I don't know why 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 does it have to? I mean you know you have it was uh, a great white, story. White, white writers write write about black people all the yes, time. Yes, indeed. And then certainly I I know white people. I, I know their ways. Yeah, I speak their language. <laughs> you know, I, I think I oh, can do no. that. Oh no! Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the more you know, you know, you give me a really good idea. I think that th you know the third book, the second book has got to be based mm -hmm. on pride. The next book. I uh, do I get to share in the profits of that book? No, just joking. Absolutely, just absolutely, joking. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so you could say by then my son should be my lawyer, and so he can you can talk now, to him. <laughs> he's, well, he's eight now. You know? Keep it all in the family. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully it's not going to take you uh, no, no, as long do. to bring no. out this this next book. No, absolutely. No. Is there anything else that we should know about that might be uh, on the horizon? Oh, you mean it's, oh, there is? Thank you for mentioning. Yes, well, there is my birthday coming up. I guess is that is that? Oh, yes, and so we'll do well, that. Yes. Well, yes. Well, you know, you know, I was. I, Somebody um, at one point, um, when I was making one of these appearances, referred because my first novel came out at the age I'm 55 today. Uh, Congratulations! Uh, thank you. Um, it'll be 56 a little later on in, in January. But uh, uh, they said, "Well, you know, your first novel came out at the age of 55. That makes you a late bloomer." And I had never been called a late bloomer before because I was like 16 when I was in college, and I was mm. 20 when I was in law school, and. I was always the youngest, this mm. and the youngest, that. And then, of course, kind of the wheel turns. And so I said, well, you know, it's not that I'm a late bloomer. It's just that I may be a late doing writing, but I've been blooming for a while. This is just a new... And uh, blooming does take yes, time. Yes, it does. So, and so, especially if it's if the blossom is going to be open. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. For thank, a thank very you, long Thank you, Yoda. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I didn't really mean to yes, sound it, quite that yes, philosophical, right. but hey, it wasn't a bad thought, yeah, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll... Uh, you know, um, as I said, we, I'm, I'm enjoying this phase, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm hopeful that uh, you know we can continue that that there'll be enough readers who mm -hmm. will enjoy my writing that I'll be able, able to continue doing so, and uh, you know we'll we'll keep at it. You know, we'll enjoy it very All much. Right. And um, now, where can we buy your book? The Pride is available uh, in most bookstores in the country. It's published by Kensington Publishing, yes. and uh, it is on the Delfina um, Delfina um, Delfina D A F I N A uh, imprint. But if you just mm -hmm. go to most bookstores, the this 
certainly the big chains. Most of the African American um, themed bookstores in the country mm -hmm. have have our book as well. Um, there's always Amazon.com as a fallback. Um, we prefer that you go to the bookstores because the bookstores, frankly, are the ones that support our books. They put our posters okay. up in the windows and you know invite uh, people to come in and you know send out. And, and uh, we've been you know the bookstores around the country, the African American bookstores in particular that I've been to, have been very very supportive. And um, we, we just have all the appreciation in the world for what they've done. And um, finally, though, Audrey, I mean you know just the notion of in this 21st century, in this uh, TiVo age that uh, we're all just kind of, you know, remote control age, everybody's moving so fast, we want to encourage people to read. Reading, it can be enjoyable. Reading uh, kind of opens up a world of imagination in each and every one of us that TV and movies, God bless them all, and, and CDs can't, just don't do. Right. And, so, and so, so we want to make sure that reading continues to be an important part of, uh, of the cultural landscape. Well, Wallace Ford, thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you, Audrey. It's The Pride. Yes, ma'am. And um, I read it, enjoyed it, recommend it, and want all of you out there to please uh, support his efforts and support the efforts of other um, African-American <laughs> writers, if you will. And uh, look for his book. Again, it, that's at Amazon.com or at the bookstores um, who are very supportive. And look for an event in February. In New York City. That's in right. New York City. Mm -hmm. You'll have the, I'll actually post the details on theadamsreport.com. It'll be the Pride Awards, right? The Pride Awards. All right. And for more about Wallace, be sure to check out his profile at theadamsreport.com. Don't forget, we're your online inspiration destination. I'm Audrey Adams. Wallace Ford, thanks so much for being with us and for your technical assistance. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Everyone, we'll see you next week. I'm Audrey Adams. Talk with Audrey. Personalities, news, celebrities, views. Talk with Audrey. Lifestyle, beauty. You talk with Audrey. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.